Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. I have the great privilege, we're talking, we're doing a series on the Holy Spirit, and I have the privilege of talking on baptism of the Holy Spirit, which just so you know, I haven't been able to choose just one passage, so we are going to jump around like we have issues to lots, many different scriptures, so I, I pray for you that you can track, because I was struggling and I was preaching this morning, do you know what I mean? So um, before we do that, two disclaimers, sometimes when I speak, I pray in tongues, Paul says you shouldn't do it unless you can have it interpreted in, in 1 Corinthians. But I just want you to know I'm not doing it for your benefit. I'm doing it for mine. Like, <laughs> it genuinely helps me remember stuff. So if I've gone off track, like, I don't know if you've like, oh, where's that egg that I had earlier? I'm like, oh, it's in the chest of drawers. What's it doing in there? Do you know what I mean? So that's genuinely helpful. And that's one of the Holy Spirit's jobs is he reminds you of stuff. So I find it just helps me. So if I'm doing that, don't throw things at me unless they're like sweets and I'll catch them. Um, the second one is sometimes when I'm encountering the Holy Spirit, my body might do one of those, like I'm like, <laughs> one of those, but it's usually just one of them. And I've had people try and deliver me of a nervous twitch before, which I understand it. I don't really, it's a bit weird, but I find for some reason when I was 20 and I went to this conference, when I began to connect with God, like a bit like shoving my hand in a power socket, if you shoved your hand into like the whatever, energy board, bang, your body would react in the same way when I connect with the Father. For some reason, my body does a funny one. So just so you know in advance. My name's Jonathan. <laughs> yes, thank you, Jesus. Let's just pray real quick. Um, Jesus, thank you that you're real. Thank you that you're here. And thank you you're good at your job. We give you permission. Put your hand on your belly. And, go, and say this, Jesus, thank you. I'm a good boy or girl, choose the appropriate. Thank you. I am in the yum yum center of your plans for my life. Because you're good, Lord, <laughs> wherever I may be. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's wonderful, right? He's faithful even when we're faithless. Whoa, this king is... I heard a scholar... Oh my gosh, already going off track. I heard a scholar say the saints were home before they started. This is the scandal of Christianity. It's a gift. Anyway, so <laughs> I was born in North London. Amen. Uh, great. <laughs> I just wanted to give you some context. And uh, I had the privilege of growing up in the Vineyard Church which meant that I wasn't infused with loads of wrong beliefs about God, which can sometimes be really unhelpful. If you think God is like angry Santa, you don't want to receive anything from that guy. You know, they're like, pray to God. You're like, give me what you know. That's the last thing you want to do. But I had really a good upbringing. I had, to some extent, right ideas about that God was good and he loved me and he was for me. I remember age 14, I went to a big youth camp and I encountered the Holy Spirit. I felt like waves of, Love, I'm sure many of the people in this room, you've experienced similar. And all I know is my life was different from that point. I'm going to touch on that a bit more later. But I guess the difference would be prior to that, I believed God was real. I had it in my head and I'd seen evidence of actions of it being real. But I hadn't 
it hadn't transformed me from the inside. It, hadn't, it wasn't compelling my life. Does that make sense? Flick to age 16. Like, was it a day before your birthday, Dad? <laughs> Something like that. He's like, why are you still talking to me? <laughs> oh, family. Um, <laughs> Christmas is a great one, isn't it? Um, thank you, Lord. Uh, like, I was walking home with a friend from school at sixth form. I was, I was quite low at that point in my life. I think I was just feeling a bit purposeless. I was had in my head, you know, you jump through all these hoops of studying hard and uh, working hard, and then if you just grow up, get a good job, get married, and is that it? Is there more to life than just this? And at age 16, a month before my 17th birthday, I was stabbed in my chest, my arm, and my shoulder, just in a, well, was, I call it a failed mugging incident, because they didn't get anything of value, so joke's on them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> anyway, for me, that was a pivotal moment, and suddenly, being raised with all this head knowledge about Jesus, you have to find out, you're, you know, facing curtain call, and you know, I didn't know where I was going when I died, and thank God for my youth leaders. They gave me a couple of books that really explored the evidence around Jesus. I'd had experiences once a year at youth camp. I didn't know you could have God every day. I didn't know he was here, you know. Where is he? There he is. Where is he? There he is. He never leaves, you know. I thought you had to go to a massive tent in Somerset in a big church service and be like, Jesus, I'm here. Sorry, I was taking me so long. taking me all year to get here, Lord, but I'm finally here to eat your table, and I'm going to go, and what I eat this week is going to sustain me for the rest of the year. Imagine if you did that with food. Be mental. Anyway, thank you, Jesus. So I didn't know you could have God every day, but for me, when after I stabbed, I just saw the logical evidence to partner with the love and the power that I'd already experienced. I saw that, you know what, there's actually really good evidence for Jesus being a man who was alive, who lived, who died, and who rose again. Thank you, Lord. Where are we going? One of my favorite verses in the Bible is slide one. Thank you so much, Tess. <laughs> Jesus is a legend. He's, he, we find him on the, the, the night where he gets betrayed, praying for us. I don't know about you, but when I'm on death row, I am praying for you. Sorry. <laughs> oh, well, maybe now I've got the Holy Spirit. Do you know what I mean? But genuinely speaking, I'm going to be like, Lord, don't let me die. But Jesus is praying this. Now, this is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. This is eternal life. The quality of eternity is that you know God. It doesn't change. Right now, everyone in this room, you are a spirit being, and you're housed in a body. I don't fully understand all the things, but what I do know is when your body dies, your spirit will live on. Thank you, Jesus. But eternity starts now. Death is not the door to heaven. Death is not the door to Jesus. Jesus is the door. He even says it in John 10. I am the way, the truth, I am the door. So Jesus is the way you get to know him now. And it's not going to change when we get there. We're just going to see in full revelatory glory just how wonderful he is. And probably we'll be like, I wish I was a bit more crazy getting to know you now on earth. Now that I see you flipping, shining like a light bulb. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to get to heaven and go, oh, I thought it was a bit better than this. And we're called to pray that his kingdom of heaven comes to earth now. So flick to this scene. I, about two years ago, I got burned. Oh, no, I'm lying. It wasn't two years ago. Call it what it is. It's a lie. That's not true. It was about, <laughs> it was about four, three, four years ago. 
I was uh, kind of been burnt by a particular working for a church, and uh, I was a bit tired. Yeah, why, why are you laughing? It's not going to happen here, is it? <laughs> oh, three years time, amen. Thank you, Lord. That's better than what I got in the last one. So, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. We're upgrade to upgrade. Um, I was just tired. I'd, I'd lost. I didn't realise it, but I'd lost my joy. And I was a bit bored of conferences. Because I, I do youth and children's work, I hadn't been in a church service for a while. And I didn't mind that. But I knew as I read the scriptures and I read the lives of the saints and I saw the disciples, and particularly scriptures like, as he is, so are we in this life. I said, well, how is Jesus? You know, you read the resurrected Jesus and he's like walking through walls. Hello, lads. How are you? Boom. Or he teleports. I'll take either. Do you know what I mean? I, wasn't, I realized that wasn't manifesting in my life prior to resurrected Jesus, which is not what the... But he's walking on water. He's having a great time. I just knew my life wasn't measuring, and I was a bit bored. I knew I'd seen God had been kind to me. Maybe 10 years ago, I began to step out at uni and see people healed. I remember praying for one girl in Asda. She'd had pain in her knee for years. I was like, excuse me, I noticed you're in a wheelchair. What a stupid thing. She's obviously in a wheelchair, but you're learning, right? She said, yes, I am in a wheelchair. <laughs> great. Tick. Oh, first word of observation. Correct. <laughs> what's wrong? I've hurt my knee. Can I pray for you? Yes, pray for her. I was so nervous. We're blocking the exit. Security's looking at us. She gets out the wheelchair, walks, no pain in her knee for years. She starts to cry. Right? So I'd seen that stuff, but I was aware that in my own life, it wasn't f- flowing. And when I look at the life of Jesus, I'm not seeing striving. I'm not seeing someone who's going, I've got to pop out a few miracles today. Come on! Let's pop these miracles! You know, I just, I was hungry for something more. I would read the stories of the saints who just had ridiculous, particularly... Father, uh, Brother Lawrence, don't know if you heard of that guy, love it, washing the dishes, little monk, and he's just washing dishes, and people are traveling from miles around, because there's a level of glory on his life, and they just want to sit and be aware of that peace, that's the same Holy Spirit we have, that is available to us, so I began to, I called it at the time, facing barrenness, I just allowed myself with no music. I didn't want the hype. I didn't want to go to conferences. I just allowed myself to sit in my own junk in a way, but pursue Jesus. I don't know if you've had it in worship where you like, hallelujah, and then you get a wave of glory, but then it's almost like it subsides and you can check out. Graham Cook has this amazing saying, every problem comes with a promise and provision attached. Every problem. So every problem is an invitation for you to upgrade. There is a promise in Scripture that God wants to be something for you in those moments that he's never been for you before. In the same way in worship, we go, glory, we get hit, and then we go, cool, I've had my daily dose. It's a bit, a bit like worshiping once a year. I'm good for the rest of the day. No, no, those moments are an invitation to go deeper in Christ. So are we going to face that? I don't know why it works like that, but apparently on this side of heaven, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Do you know what I mean? So there is a level where we have to contend for it. Wave of glory, and then your fists with barrenness. Now, God, I still want more. That's not enough. I need to know you more. I know my life is not what, it, what you've said it can be. And so I began to face it, and it was remarkable to me. God was a friend to me in that time. I didn't have many friends locally, and God was a friend to me when I didn't have others. And actually, it was crazy addictive. Just walking around, like, East London, in, it was near Epping Forest, just like, I don't know, I'm muttering to myself, people think I'm crazy, but I was buzzing. I knew that there was a level of glory resting on me that wasn't there before because things were happening by accident. I was in Starbucks, and I'm just feeling, honestly, drunk in the Holy Spirit. I don't know how that works, but in Acts 2, 
they looked like they were drunk. It was a bit weird, right? Somebody, I'm just like, oh, when you're drunk, you make, take more risks. Mostly stupid if it's in the natural, right? But if it's in the spirit, the fruit of the spirit is always good. So people are coming in with a link. Oh, excuse me, can I pray? You know, one guy's wrist. The next day, I saw him at the train station. And at the time, I was just buzzing. I wasn't even, he goes, I don't know what you did to my wrist, but my wrist is better. I'm like, come on, Jesus, that's amazing. Listen, that points to the, your maker. Get to know your maker. The other day, myself and my lovely wife, Sarah, sorry, babe, I'm like, call, you know when you call out all the people you love and they hate you for it? <laughs> we, were, we were remembering, we were about to do what this slide does. Can I see this next slide, please? Hallelujah. <laughs> enjoy God. So this is what I want us to encourage us to do, to enjoy God. That is your primary calling, to enjoy God. The first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. But let's be real, friends. None of us are popping that one out like of our own strength. You can't do it. It's impossible. But praise God, 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. Your primary calling as a human being is to receive the love of God. That's our, I think that's humanity's greatest challenge. We find it so hard. We're in a culture that tells us to perform for love all the time. How many likes, all this stuff, we just do it. I find my own heart at times. I'm like wanting affirmation. It's not wrong to some extent, but I know that the Bible says that all my needs are found in Christ, Philippians 4.19. And he never leaves me. So I don't want to be a little beggar, orphan boy in the spirit when I'm supposed to be something much greater, when I'm supposed to look like Jesus. Enjoy God, primary calling. How do we do that? Slow down. I don't know. Like, our lives are so busy. <laughs> London! Anyway. <laughs> Phase two. If you can just take a deep breath. Let's just do it together. Three, two, one. <gasps> okay, I'm a rubbish swimmer. Calm my <laughs> And out again. <laughs> just take that deep breath and use it as a moment to just behold. I love this part. We, behold, we get to look at Jesus. He's never far away. Whether you need to use scripture, whether you need to go back to an encounter you've already had, we get to encounter Jesus through looking at him again. And through looking at him, we find ourselves in him. Our lives are hid with God in Christ. Paul, throughout the New Testament, says, this is the main thing. This is the mystery. Your life is hid with God in Christ. You no longer live. Christ lives in you. Sorry we haven't got time to unpack that, really. It's a bit of a mental concept. But the fact is, Christ is in you. He's never far away. That means you can always behold him. Mind's eye, scripture. If in doubt, the, the living word, the Bible, you can find Jesus in those pages. And having behold him, we, we make a choice. Repent. Repent. <laughs> I don't know how it's happened, but people hate that word. I flipping love it. Repent is great. Everyone loves a penthouse, right? If you go to your mate, you're like, Jeffrey, do you want to come to the penthouse tomorrow? It's like, hell yes, I want to come to the penthouse. I don't care if you like jacuzzi or you don't like jacuzzi. You like saunas, you're in the penthouse, you've got everything. Just make a choice, have some champagne. Everyone loves a penthouse. Get back into the penthouse of thinking about yourself the way that God thinks about you. What you think about yourself, if it's negative, if it's less than encouraging, I'm sorry, it's a lie. We've got to flush those puppies. Pull your flush chain right now. Bye, puppies. Flush. Bye, puppies. I don't want Pokemon in my house. I'm sorry. Sorry, that's a joke for money. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you. All we're doing, remember Romans 12, verse 2. Let your lives be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word for transform, same as transfigured. What happened when Jesus got transfigured? He's glowing like a little light bulb. Boom, 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 boom. Let your lives be resplendent, glowing with glory by the renovation of your mind. 
renovation in a house, get rid of the crap, bring in the good stuff. It's the same in your mind. If it's like any less than lifting you up and building you up to be who you really are, which is freaking brilliant according to God's standards, then hoof that puppy out the window. Thank you, Lord. Repent. Love a good bit of repentance. And sometimes it can help to confess it, to say it. I'm a good boy. Jonathan's doing a good job. I love you, Johnny. Look in the mirror. Johnny, you're a flipping legend, mate. You're going to kill some giants. Not literally. Love tall people. But bless (laughs) spirit realm giants. Oh, my God. What the hell am I saying? Next slide. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said this mental thing, right? Actually, eyes off the slide. Look at me for a second. It was premature. It was premature. Leave the slide up, though. (laughs) I think... (laughs) I love seeing my dad. (laughs) Seeing him laugh with joy and with pain. It's the kingdom of... Anyway, thank you, Lord. Jesus is amazing, right? We find it very easy to relate to Jesus because he was a man like us. He came into history. We can relate. He literally had a body, you know? Holy Spirit is a spirit. (laughs) It's kind of in the name. It's harder to relate, but Jesus says this mental thing without being able to fully expound the nature of the Holy Spirit right now. Jesus says this, which I find remarkable. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Let me focus on that first bit. It is for your good that I'm going away. I don't know about you. If I'm a little disciple, I'm there with Jesus. He's been popping miracles for three years. I'm loving it. I'm not thinking it's for my good that he's going. This guy is the legend of legends. He's the dawn up in the grill. This guy, you bring him to a barbecue, boom, he's like increasing. Modern day, we're having like a little church, something, something, and there's not enough vodka. Steve's like, boom, suckers, and then the vodka's going crazy. You're like, Steve is the man. You know, this guy's legit. He's doing crazy things. One of my favorites, I told it earlier, I'll tell it again because I love it. Peter comes to Jesus and is like, Lord, do we have to pay temple tax? Jesus is like... Listen, he knows what's coming. It's in the Bible. It's a great story. I'm just rephrasing it. Jesus says to him, listen, we're sons of the Father's house. And no, we don't. But so we don't. So basically, I don't get killed prematurely by these religious nutters. Listen, just pay it. Just pay it. So what I want you to do, go find a fishy, open his mouth, take the coin out, and pay the temple tax. Sorry, where's that fish? Where is that fish? Is that fish in the market? Is that fish in the water? You got to fish that one out? Where is that fish? Have you ever had any rent trouble? Can I get a witness? Do you know what I mean? What if the Lord says to you, you're struggling with rent this today, Alex? So you hear that dog <laughs> outside, run outside, chase that dog down, open its mouth, you find 20, 20 pound notes rolled up in its beak. Do you know what I mean? This is the Lord of glory. The Lord of glory who comes to our level and relates to us, and he says, It's for your good that I'm going away. For your good. Crazy. And here's the kicker. This is why I think it's for our good. He's not just with us then, he's in us. Because he'll send the Holy Spirit to be in us. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. Uh, just, I don't know why I put this verse. It's a great verse, but I can't remember why it's up there. <laughs> John 14, 12. Whoever believes in me will do the same works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Thank you, Lord. That's the Holy Spirit. Wants to empower our lives like a, I don't even know what. Can I hit the next slide, please? Thanks. <laughs> right, where are we going? As far as I can see, there's from studying uh, the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit interacts with us, there's three kind of levels, if you will. You have the Holy Spirit with you. I referred to it when I was going to these youth camps. Before I had this one experience, I would say the Holy Spirit was with me. I could see evidence of him around, 
but he hadn't infused my life. There wasn't this compulsion yet. I, I don't know quite how to explain it, but there was a difference. The Bible in the Greek says para. Let me read it for you. What, John 14, 17, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives with you, Jesus speaking to the disciples, and will be in you. That was really helpful for me. I am of the firm belief that many of our friends who perhaps don't know Jesus yet have experienced him to some extent. I, Philippians 4.8 says that anything that's lovely, anything that's noble, set your mind on these things. Essentially, these things are Christ, the fruit of the Spirit. Any true essence of love is Jesus. Friend who doesn't believe it, every time you have that cold, cool glass of water on a hot day, that refreshing, is, is there's a level of Christ in it. But it's a lesser level than when he comes to live on the inside of you. Flick to next scene. This is really helpful for me as well. Jesus is resurrected and he says to the disciples, peace, I, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And then he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. That was helpful for me because I see the difference. Prior to him dying and being resurrected, he says, he's with you, will be in you. Then he says, breathes on them, receive the Holy Spirit. But then this is where it gets a bit fruity. Can I get the next? He says, I'm, he's just breathed on them. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. So why the heck then does he say, okay, now wait in Jerusalem for however long until the Holy Spirit comes upon you in power. It seems to me that there's a difference between the Holy Spirit being with you, in you, and upon you. Luke 24, 49. I'm going to send what the Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Acts 1, 5 and 8. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Through reading this and, and other scriptures, it seems to me that the Holy Spirit is in us. This is a Bill Johnson quote. Let me give credit where credit's due. The Holy Spirit is in us for our sake, but upon us for the sake of the world, that we could be witnesses. There's something about a difference between him living on the inside, and then as far as I can tell, the journey that we get from him being in us to him being upon us is relational. It's a relationship. This is a really helpful, clear analogy that I've come up with that I really enjoy telling, so I'm going to tell it again. There's a postman. His name is Jeffrey. He's around. You love seeing him. All right, Jeffrey, how's it going? Occasionally, he has some useful letters for you. It doesn't really impact your life much, except once a month, you might get something useful through the mail. See you later, Jeffrey. Jeffrey isn't really impacting your life. You wouldn't you know, consider him a friend yet. Flick to next scene, Jeffrey is now a lodger in your house, okay? Things have just got a whole lot more intimate. Jeffrey is sometimes sharing your food. He, you're spending nights playing Settlers Catan with Jeffrey, you know? And you find out Jeffrey's an awesome guy. Jeffrey actually doesn't really need to live in your house. He's got loads of money himself. And he's like, for some reason, he's still single, even though he's this brilliant guy and he has great advice. But because you're still getting to know him, and you still feel a bit, oh, dodge, you lock, some, you lock him in rooms sometimes. You, lock, you don't want him going near your money in your safe under your pillow in your bedroom so you lock that door and you don't want him always stealing your yogurts out the pantry so you lock that door do you know what I mean and when you go out you don't really want Jeffrey coming with you because you have an agenda and you've got to go to the bank the post office in the cinema and see Susie do you know what I mean so Jeffrey stays at home flick to next scene you've got to know Jeffrey so much and you think this guy's a flipping Don of Dons, that you don't, you're walking out everywhere with him, arm in arm. He's met your uncle. You've taken him to the cinema and you are loving life and people really like him and he's impacting people. That, my friends, is a picture of the Holy Spirit. It's relational from in to on. How much do we want the Holy Spirit to be present in our lives? Once he fills you, he's never leaving you. Jesus said it very clearly in Matthew 28. He, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will not leave you as orphans. 
But the way that I think, I don't know about you, I kind of put the proverbial newspaper over my head sometimes. I'm like, Lord, I'm not available. Lord, I'm not available. Because I just don't want to, I'm tired or I'm being grumpy or whatever. I'm locking him in the room. But God so loves to undo us with his love. We can't produce anything of our own. That's why the kicker is enjoy God. Just receive his love. Let us learn to behold him and receive how much he loves us so that all these other chains of of the things of life just begin to fall off and we actually find ourselves liberated. The fruit is really good, and I'm convinced that is how we get from living with the Holy Spirit in us to operating with the Holy Spirit on us. Just the other day, me and Sarah were out walking, and uh, she was reminding me of a testimony where we'd randomly felt the Holy Spirit when we were dating. And then we met this lady, and she happened to have the same name as Sarah, and her husband happened to have my same name. And there was another intriguing kind of sign with that. As we're saying that, I just, I don't know, I saw this guy at the bus stop. I was just like, oh, it just wasn't really hard to me. I was like, oh, let's just chat with him. So we went over there. He had the same name as me. How the heck does that work? I mean, I don't know. His name was Janny, J-A-N-I, but I'll take that. Johnny, Janny, Johnny, Janny. It's close enough. The fact is, it's pretty, he could have had all the names of the world. Could have been Brian, could have been Claude, could have been whatever. He was Jenny, and I'm Johnny. Jenny and Johnny. I'm like, that's weird. We were just talking about that. So he's really friendly. He's a, he's a Muslim guy. He says, oh, I have a Christian flatmate. And I don't know, just felt a grace to be very direct. Hey, what have you heard about Jesus from your flatmate? Oh, I've heard he, he died. And what, what else do you know? Do you know why he died? No, I don't. Can I tell you? Sure. And it went off a few times, but I kept bringing it back. I felt there was grace. I'm checking the board, and he's got three minutes. And I'm like, listen, so Jesus died to bear your sin. But did you know he also rose again to send the Holy Spirit when he went up to heaven so that the Holy Spirit could live in you and empower your life to live a brilliant life. You get to be the best you because the Holy... I didn't say all of this, but that was the general vibe. Would you like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's like, no, well, if you, if you like, you can... I was like, listen, why would just pray this after me? I don't know. Like, I believe God is good. He doesn't have to say it. <laughs> but our, the confession, I just think, is bad. So we just prayed with him. He said, Holy Spirit, can I fill my life? Jesus, I trust you. Da, da, da. Took a selfie with us. He obviously didn't seem very upset. Thank you so much. He's like, I'm going to tell my flatmate I'm so happy to have met you. Took a selfie with us, got on the bus, and we waved him off. I don't know how it works. Did we work hard? We certainly did not. We just enjoyed God. That was, I am such a stickler for like getting on on my own case, being honest, going, like seeing moments in the past where I've stepped out boldly and then expecting the same fruit when I'm not having the same input. Why am I expecting the same fruit when I'm not having the same input? I promise you the times where I've seen the greatest fruit were the times I was just plugging in more going, Holy Spirit. Thank you, you love me. Woo! Thank you, you're with me. Woo! Thank you, you never leave me. It's just repenting, remembering you're in me. You never leave me. I'm loved. And I promise you, from that bubbly, bubbly place, it can't help but come out. Happened to me the other day. I was prepping for this. I'm just walking up and down, praying near where I live. I just didn't, prior to this, I'd been tired. I didn't want to speak to anyone. But for some reason, just Holy Spirit's good at his job. It's just, and then I'm talking to this guy and prophesying. I think I bombed both words, to be honest. I didn't get them right. <laughs> but the fact is, I didn't give a rip. I was still going to love the guy and chat with him. I don't know. Primary calling. Apparently, if you get the first commandment right, loving God and just receiving his love, the second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself, go into all the world and preach the gospel, seems to follow. I don't know what's on the next slide. Can we see it, though? <laughs> Oh, back to basics. Thank you, Jesus. I think we're winding down. Thank you, Lord. So let's just practice this. Uh, You might find it easier to close your eyes. You don't have to. We're going to slow down. If you find it easier, let's just take a breath. 
Thank you, Father. And then however you do it, just behold Jesus, the lover of your soul who went to Calvary's hill, was pierced for your transgressions. However you want to see him, you might find it easy to go back to an encounter you've had before or to remember a scripture that's moved you before. We're just going to take maybe 30 seconds just to behold him. As you're in this place, you may find, I don't know, fears or insecurities or things come up. Or maybe it's just really pleasurable. I believe this is the place that we're, we need to learn to, Jesus calls it in John 15, abide. Just remain. Remain. If you are getting anything negative kind of popping up, just reject it. You can even speak it quietly to yourself. Say, I reject because you are brilliant. God doesn't make crap stuff. Whatever your history, Jesus came to redeem and restore. And anything negative, we get to just simply flip it, replace it with the truth, the positive. Just find the opposite in Scripture, and that's God's heart for you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, that's the end. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think we're going to have the band back up. And uh, Actually, oh, there was one other thing. <laughs> There's also these moments. Uh, you read throughout Acts, you see in Jesus' own life, that there are pivotal moments where actually there's a dramatic upgrade in a moment. Um, Jesus had it when he was baptized. This guy, this is the son of God. He's lived 30 years and been doing amazing stuff, but then he gets baptized and the Holy Spirit rests on him. Crazy. The disciples, he says, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you in power. We see it in the life of Paul, but what's brilliant is through Acts, the Holy Spirit does it different every time. There's not really a formula. God just is his own man and he'll kick ass whichever way he wants to. I had it a couple of years ago where I reluctantly, I was just started dating Sarah and I was offered a free ticket to the same conference she was going to. For some reason, I just didn't really want to go, but free ticket, Sarah's going, I went. But I was like, if I'm going, I'm going to rip every goodie off of this conference that I can get. Not like, I'm not stealing from the merchandise table, just so you know. <laughs> They're like, where's my... <laughs> but I, so like, in the morning, no one's at the front, but I was just like, ah, oh, just hungry for God. So I'm at the front going, Jesus, I love you. And the worship leader, Noel Robinson, he looks at me, gives me a wink. I'm like, yes, me and you, Noel, we're going off to heaven. Not about these suckers in their seats. Some of them are sitting down with a panini. Get them out, Lord. Anyway, I'm there, I'm going for it. You know, we go back, sit, listen to the sessions and worship. I'm there in the afternoon. And then this guy, Nathan Morris, British guy, now does a lot of stuff in America. He preaches. Just while he's preaching, I turn to Sarah and to the, my vicar at the time. I'm like, guys, just 
getting buzzed by this. Can we just go to the front? They're like, yeah, we're with it. So we run to the front, and we're waiting in the wings. We're ready to rush the stage as soon as he says, come and get prayer or whatever. I was an idiot. When he said, come and get prayer, I was the first down. I went on my knees and got crushed against the stage by the throng of people. I'm like, oh, Jesus, Jesus. It's like, what? Don't do that. Like, Just stay on your feet. And the stage is really high, so he's laying hands on people. I, I literally he probably can't reach me, so I grab his ankle. I'm like, bless me, Lord. Touch my life. And he's like shaking me off like a rabid Get off. <laughs> All I know is there was, I still had to make a choice. I, was, I can't say I felt a flash of light, but I stayed at that stage for an hour. People start filtering off. I think I was one of the last couple of people there, if not the last. And I remember really weeping. I didn't fully know why, to be honest. But the fruit was really good. A few days later, prior to this, I'd had the privilege of seeing many people healed in the streets and things like that. But I didn't, I wouldn't say I had a particular grace to see people come to faith, to meet Jesus in a moment, to experience the Holy Spirit and be born again. That Monday in an hour and a half, I saw three people confess and say, Holy Spirit, I want you to fill my life. I was like, that's flipping good fruit. And since then, it's, you know, it's my choice to behold him, to receive his love. And when that's happening... That gift hasn't left me, that it happens. But the kicker is still kind of choosing to behold, to slow down, to repent, to enjoy God, and then it flows. But that being said, if you are bound, let's get the band out, let's make it atmospheric. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Praise God. Just a few things. If you would like prayer just for more of Holy Spirit, like you have the fullness of God. It's not like you, you've got the legs. and I need more. I need the arms. It's not a collectible set. Do you know what I mean? You've got the fullness of Holy Spirit. But if you want to be more aware of Holy Spirit, if you're just aware that something in the talk has triggered you, we'd just love to pray for you generally. But then secondly, if you are aware that you want boldness, this gift of boldness, the power to be clothed with power, to be a witness, to touch friends, family, and just the world around us, then we would love to pray for that as well. Uh, I'll hand over to the pastors. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.